Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. I could not be more excited to get into Mark chapter 2 today. It's always been one of those chapters of the Bible that has always hit home with me, and it's really neat how we're going to reflect on that while also thinking about what baptism means for us. We're celebrating Baptism Sunday here at Divine Savior Church. It's a great time to reflect on just the amazing blessings that God gives through that gift of baptism. But the podcast theme this week is running on forgiveness. So let's start with this. What inspires you to get up each day? What allows you to live with joy? Now, with the hardships and struggles we experience in this world, we need something to encourage us and empower us to live well each day. Money, philosophy, technology, they might be tools we use, but they aren't the reason we live. Jesus uses tools, we call them the means of grace, to bring his incredible and miraculous grace into our hearts. And that grace can inspire you and me each day. That grace gives us joy each day. Because of the power in Jesus' words, you can live with joy, you can live with purpose, you can run on his forgiveness. Let's get into Mark chapter 2. This is what Mark writes, verses 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above, above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is the good news, the gospel of our Savior Jesus. You know how on your daily commute you start to notice patterns? Maybe it's that same woman waiting at the bus stop or that same replace your sliding glass door sign on the street corner. For me, there's one pattern that never goes away. The massive line at Dunkin' Donuts. In fact, more than once, there's a road down here in South Florida called Jog. 
I've seen traffic blocked on Jog Road all because of the Dunkin' drive-thru. And I used to think that their motto, America Runs on Dunkin', was a stretch. But it seriously may be a real thing. Now, what is undoubtedly a real thing is that what you run on in life is extremely important. Especially considering how we are living in a burnout culture. Now, America has long been the most overworked developed nation in the world. So many of us are running on empty, even with so much technology at our disposal that promises us more time and efficiency. I read a book a few years ago by author Andrew Root. He wrote a book called The Congregation in a Secular Age. And he actually was on a podcast I like to listen to recently, and he brought up this American struggle. He said, we're not actually receiving more time, but devices give us the capacity to do more actions within our units of time. The speeding up of time and the pressure to always be growing not only makes you depressed, you just feel tired and overwhelmed. We have to admit it's true. We exist in a society that glorifies being overworked. But you can't live life on empty. To truly live life to the full as God wants for you, we need the right fuel. To live life beyond burnout, we need to be running on the right stuff. But what is it exactly? To begin, just think this through with me. How, how do you discover what you're being fueled by the most throughout your day? You can discover it by how you answer this question. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Now, we could all hit snooze over and over again, and that might feel good in the moment, but what finally gets you to throw off the sheets and go? Be honest. Is it the pressure at work? Is it the stress to get kids to school on time? Is it the regret of letting the day slip away or getting to the gym or checking out the latest YouTube or TikTok sensations? Well, for one group of friends in 27 AD, it was one reason. A paralytic. Likely every day they would carry him to his begging spot on a street corner in their town of Capernaum so he could beg. Day after day after day until Jesus comes to town. So last week, if you remember on the podcast, we last left Jesus when he had to stay in lonely places for a time after healing the man with leprosy. Well, now as we're back with him on his race to the cross, we see him come into his home base of Capernaum where Peter's mother-in-law lived. And it's a huge deal. The house he's in is packed. Everyone wants to get a piece of Jesus. There's no way to get in. But these friends of this paralyzed man had one goal. Get their friend to Jesus. Is that what gets you going every day too? This drive. I have to get to Jesus. Between you and me, that's not always what's first in my mind in the morning. You know, you might know this about me, you might have heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but often I, I'm driven by a passion for achieving. I'm prone to overworking, and that is in no way a humble brag. It's, it's a hard issue. You know, far too often, I wake up to the pressure of striving to accomplish what I've planned for that day, or the fear of situations I don't want to deal with, but I know I need to, or the feeling that there's just not enough time in the day, that heartless, I have to attitude that sucks out life's joy. Think about it. How many of us, maybe this is you right now, are running on empty, but we just don't want to admit it. 
Again, what is fueling you? What are you running on? Now, this group of friends didn't need Red Bull to give them wings. I, for whatever reason, energy drinks instantly come to mind when I think of what you know people run on, right? But it wasn't Red Bull, but they did hoist a ladder to get their friend to the roof. And they proceed to dig out a hole. So the way, I'm not going to get into the whole just architecture of the time, but basically they dug out this hole and they lower this grown man down right in front of Jesus. I mean, this is the dedication they have. This is the confidence they have in Jesus. And Jesus, he sees into their hearts. He sees their faith. And the first thing he says is, son, your sins are forgiven. Not quite the dramatic, get up, take your mat and walk, like we might expect. That tells us something about the sin that lingers in your heart and mine. To hear Jesus, who is preaching the word, declare that at that very moment, present tense, real time, that this man stood forgiven before God himself, it should bring tears to our eyes. Here's Jesus, true God, who alone can unilaterally remove all our sins, even our deepest regrets, And yet we get to the confession of sins in church and we hear the words forgiveness spoken by the pastor. And doesn't it seem like old news sometimes? Just a rote thing, redundant, boring, mundane. Oh, I see that in my own heart. And maybe that's where yours is at too. When it comes to what we're running on, is it our baptismal identity? You know, the very same words spoken on that amazing day when God put his name on you and me, my dear child, your sins are forgiven. You belong to me. Is it the good news that we live forgiven by the blood of Jesus and dearly loved? Just think this through with me. What in your functional living are you truly running on? Why does a passage like this not instantly take your my breath away? I'm going to share with you, hopefully this is okay, I'm going to share with you what I discovered about my own heart when it comes to this. As I I look at my heart and I find a heart seeking more power than peace. I see a heart wanting more than the quote-unquote ordinary word and sacraments. I see a heart that so often tries to run on its own with Jesus on the sidelines, only there for when I deem that I need him. I find the sin in myself so much more concerned about proving myself, proving myself sufficiency instead of my true identity and yours. The faith that boldly and proudly declares how insufficient I am and how entirely sufficient sufficient Jesus is. I see myself running more on pride than providence. Which is precisely where the teachers of the law, these scribes, were too here in Mark chapter 2. Now here they are in a room filled wall to wall with people, but they've given themselves the luxury of a front row seat in a standing room only situation. The only ones who have such a place of honor. And as Jesus says these beautiful freeing words of forgiveness, they're sitting there fuming and doubting, thinking to themselves, who does this guy think he is? Forgive sins? Only God can do that. Is he claiming to be the Lord himself? And immediately... Immediately, Jesus could hear the hushed criticism humming in their hearts, and he calls them out. Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? Now, what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that either one is something only God can do. 
again, we see the two main actions. We talked about this last week. The two main actions that Mark highlights about Jesus over and over again throughout his gospel. Jesus came to speak the life-changing gospel, one, and reverse the effects of evil. We see his purpose here. And at the end of his race to the cross, when he says, Father, what? Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus has always been about forgiveness. And don't doubt this for a moment. He has spoken and continues to speak the same words of forgiveness to you too. And just imagine Jesus looking at you with his piercing eyes who have witnessed every painful scene in your life and asking you that same question. Dear child, which is easier? Forgiving your sins or solving that struggle you're having right now? Which one will give you more comfort, more peace, more strength to live another day? We have to be honest about this. For him to say, I forgive you, it's not as tangible as we would like it to be. In fact, sometimes it seems kind of mundane, just some words, but they're anything but that, right? In fact, here at Divine Savior, we're celebrating God's gift of baptism in a special worship service today, but or this week. But how often do you think about your baptism day? When God put his name on you, identified you, is that what gets you out of bed in the morning? Is that what you're running on? It all seems so commonplace. But the Son of Man, Jesus, wants to show you that it is certainly the most extraordinary thing that's ever happened to you. His words of forgiveness we call the gospel, the amazing power of God's grace, what gives baptism its power. It couldn't have been so without the Son of Man, Jesus. In fact, this won't be the last time, not even close, that Mark uses this term as Jesus talks about himself. Mark brings up Jesus talking about himself as a son of man over and again. And do you know why Jesus gives himself this title? Eventually, we're going to really unpack that later on in the series, but I'll give you the two main reasons to kind of whet your appetite a little bit. It really comes down to this. He calls himself the son of man to identify with you as a human being and to accomplish for you what you never could as your divine substitute. And what does the Son of Man say immediately after telling this paralytic that his sins are forgiven? He sends him off to live a new life, right? He says, get up, take your mat, and go home. In full view of everyone. And this was no magic show, no sleight of hand, no illusion. This was reality. Jesus doing what he came to do to restore things purely and only by the power of his grace. Do you see how he's done that in your life too? When Jesus declares you forgiven, washed in baptism, he empowers you to get up and walk toward your home too. He is what you run on. Through Jesus, you run on his grace, mercy, peace-restoring power, compassion, and how he gives such life feel to you. It so often looks mundane, commonplace, normal, just some words, just some water, just some bread, just some wine. But think about this. Now, maybe you weren't lowered down a roof like this paralytic man. But many of you, maybe this is your story, were carried as helpless babies. Just as helpless to walk as that paralyzed man when you were taken up to the font, that baptismal font, for God to say to you through word and water, my child whom I love, your sins forgiven, you belong to me. In that simple ceremony, God's word was spoken over water and a new person got up, even as our physical sight couldn't make it out. And heaven rejoiced. See, through baptism, you are connected to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. This is the beauty of Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. 
And what is that new life? It's a new life of being raised with Jesus. A new life of being re-identified, renewed, and revitalized to live the most fulfilling and peace-filled life in the universe. By faith, who you truly are, this is what you run on. It's forgiveness. Who you truly are wants nothing more than the, the excitement to pursue Jesus to get you going. You and I have this longing to walk with Jesus and live a fearless life where all that truly matters is how Jesus sees us. And do you know how he sees you? He sees you as significant. He sees you as a treasure he will never let go. He sees you as family. He will always be proud of you. You're forgiven. You're his own. He alone gives you the rest you need. It's his forgiving grace alone that leads you through the scripture to the realization that when you feel paralyzed, when you feel burned out, when you feel like you're just done, your Jesus is right there to take your burdens, to take your pressure, to take your fear, as he turns your face to his cross to show you once again, it's all accomplished. It's finished for all time. You can be at peace. He is yours and you are his. And then he turns your head to the family of believers, the army of soldiers all around you, those amazing brothers and sisters in Christ who will lower you, Amid that crowded stress and anxiety of your mind, lower you down just like that paralyzed man was back into the audience of your Savior Jesus again and again as they pray for you. And most of all, bring his word to you. So before I, I say goodbye to you this week on the podcast, I hope it's okay if I'm raw with you one more time. You know, normally I don't like to talk about myself so much in a podcast and a sermon, but what we're talking about today really does hit home for me. See, throughout my life, I've had a perfectionistic streak. I've totally, I've strived to do my best while also hardly ever being satisfied with what I've done. It's been going on for a long time. I was in third grade, in fact, at the time, the story I'm telling you about. I was at that point where if I didn't get an A plus on an assignment, I would burst into, tear, into tears. I just, I would, I would break down. One day, as I was grieving over yet another A-, minus, one of my classmates, Nathan, came up to me, and this is still, it stuck with me even from when I was nine years old back then. He comes up to me and he says, Johnny, it's okay. Jesus loves you no matter what grade you get. And his words couldn't be more true. When you feel burned out in your career, you feel burned out in your marriage or in a friendship, you feel burned out in the struggles you're facing, what gets you through it, what you run on, is not mere willpower. It's so much better than that. It's the forgiving love of Jesus who gave you an identity through baptism no one can take from you. And so here's a challenge I'm putting before myself and before you this week, and maybe this is something you'll do for the rest of your life. But take 30 seconds when you get out of bed every day, smile, and remember and reflect on your baptism and what it means for you. What it means for you that day. What it means for you with what you're going to face. And when you do, you'll start your day thinking the same thing that crowd thought back then in that crowded room. We have never seen anything like this. And they're always right. They'll always be right because there is no one like our Jesus. He is what gets us out of bed every day. We truly run on him. Amen. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and for joining this conversation with me. It's just a gift to know that it's amazing. 183 cities across the world, 13 different countries, 
that you're tuning in. I just, I'm blown away. I'm just absolutely blown away that I get to share the good news of Jesus with you. And my prayers are with you, even if I've never met you, and just know that your Savior is at your side. And when we run on him, we'll never run on empty. God's blessings as you live for him now and always.